Hey, Star Wars fans. Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin, and I have my fellow clone trooper here with me, Harry. Hi, all. Back for a second episode. Back on the mic to talk about The Bad Batch Season 2, Episodes 5 and 6. And we're going to do a a double review for this episode. Uh, Episode 5 is Entombed, with Episode episode 6 being uh, Tribe. So I uh, thought it was some good standalone. Both were standalone episodes, even though we're combining them. They are separate and complete episodes, episode stories. Uh, but uh, I liked them both for me. I don't know. What would you think of, of these two episodes, you know, uh, Entombed and Tribe, Harry? Like first initial thoughts. What do you say? Uh, I, I like them both. Um episode six more than five um for reasons we'll talk about later yeah um but they're both cool stories um we got the batch all together and uh just some some real adventure happening yeah cool stuff so i liked them both cool adventures like you said um but uh let's start off with entombed uh there's been a lot of talk online the facebook groups twitter all that stuff about uh, filler episodes. <laughs> yes. And I, I get it. I mean, I, there are some shows, not necessarily this one for me anyway, but I, there's some shows where it's like, Oh, that was, that was cool. But what really happened? What changed? Nothing. And so this could be considered a filler episode for some. Um, not for me. I thought it was, uh, a good diversion um, from the usual, hey, let's hang out in Sid's cantina and then get a mission and then we'll go complete it and come back. And that's the story, right? It did start off in Sid's cantina, but it was like, hey, they were talking about treasure, right? Omega brings up treasure. And the, this new character that we're seeing now, uh, I forget her name, is like Fee, I believe, something like that. Fee Genoa, I have Fee. written down. Yeah. Fiji Noah, um, and she is this human character. She seems kind of, uh, I don't want to say a troublemaker, but a, a rogue, I guess, a rogue person. Does her own thing, and she has a, a history, seems like, that we don't know about. But she keeps talking about this treasure with Omega. She's telling her treasure stories and uh they earlier in the episode, like the first thing they were um, scavenging and they found this, this item, right? Right. It was like a compass, star compass. And so Omega shows her and they start talking about this treasure and they end up getting talked into going, <laughs> trying to track it down. Cause Hey, what else are we going to do today? Uh, the hunter's skeptical. Uh, as his character kind of is and uh, they decide to do it anyway so they head off to this planet and uh, start looking around as far as the introduction to the story star compass fee Vigenoa, what was your take on that whole hey let's get this episode started with these these ideas these concepts i thought it was kind of interesting um the little scavenging action um my question there is why didn't they send tech? 
yeah. instead of Wrecker because he comes back with everything's broken yeah. um, and unusable except for this star compass that, that they find. Um, and I think it's one of those things, those relics in this just ancient galaxy where most people would just think it's trash and they wouldn't recognize it. But certain people trained or experienced like Fee was, as soon as she saw it, she knew it was something. Mm-hmm. And uh, even recognize where it was from. Yeah. Think that's a little too convenient? Or was it okay for you? I, I don't think there's enough time for, for anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With the episodes being as short as they are, that uh, we kind of sometimes need the story to move along versus like, oh, let's go figure out what this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It did seem kind of quick, but yeah, I mean, it's a 22-minute episode. They got to get the story moving, like you said. So, And um, we don't know her background. Maybe maybe she started out as some sort of scholar. And mm-hmm. um, so it, it, seeing this, this ancient tech, of course she's going to recognize it because she's seen it other times or, mm-hmm. or she recognizes the the um the design or or the art or or whatever mm-hmm. um since we don't know anything really about her there's a lot of possibilities uh, yeah. but but always short on time mm-hmm. there's no trip to the jedi archives to, to <laughs> yeah. search it out yeah there was definitely some indiana jones vibes in this episode um I don't know, have you read uh, much of the comics, more more recent comics? Do you know about Dr. Afra? I know about her, but I have not read those comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she starts starts off kind of in that vein where she's um, a treasure hunter. She's an archaeologist, I guess. Um, I've read a, a few of them. I liked the initial uh, ep- comic arcs that that she had. Uh, she was also she was um, kind of working with Darth Vader and like working against him, you know, afraid of him, I guess. So there was some some cool stories with her in the beginning. I haven't read them all, um, but I kind of liked that. I like that vibe. As long as it's not too hit you over the head type, uh, I like it. We we kind of already got a, a Indiana Jones type episode already a couple episodes ago. And now we're back in that same vein. So I don't know. I mean, if that's what the, the stories end up being, that's fine. But I don't think that's the direction the, the series is going to go. So I don't know how much, how many more of these stories are we going to get? Yeah, it would be, uh, I don't know, confusing, I think, for a lot of fans. If that's kind of the direction it went. Because... That's not what season one was about. That's yeah. not what the Bad Batch is about. Yeah, like the the crew, um, all of a sudden to be these treasure hunters and lost ruins or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I enjoy a good Indiana Jones adventure. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't mind it, right. um, except for a couple of parts. Um, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I mean, I. I start making excuses for Star Wars sometimes when people say I don't like this, and I can I'm quick to come up with a yeah, but what about this? Yeah. So maybe they are in an area because we're not really sure where they're at or what's really around them. I get the 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 vibe that they're kind of in the outer rim, hanging mm-hmm. out on the fringe, 
Um, what if this area has got a whole bunch of these ancient ruins around and a, a whole bunch of um, fallen civilizations? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just what happens in this area. People go exploring. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's that's my take on it. So I didn't mind it. It's, it's just, um, it's just what it's going to be. Are they going to be treasure hunters this season? Yeah, I agree. Um, a little bit's fine, but hopefully they expand their horizons and do more. But I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, so they arrive at this planet. The star compass takes them there. They arrive and they are able to land close to the place they need to be. And they find this cave and they go in there and it's treacherous and there's a monster kind of in the background that they, with that the audience sees, but they don't think they see initially. And then um, as they go along, there's a, they have to solve this puzzle to uh, get past this opening part of the cave to get in further in. And first they get it wrong and then there's, you know, a cave in. So they, they're trapped in there. So they have to move forward. They can't just back out. And Omega is able to figure out with the star compass, hey, we're moving the wrong blocks. We need to move these other blocks to line it up. And so they do that, and then a door opens. They move on to the next level. You know, it just kind of progresses like that. Oh, there's this new puzzle. we got to figure it out. And they solve it, and they move on to the next section, and so on and so on. And they finally arrive at the at the main um, room, and we find out that it's uh, – it's like a tech thing. It's not an ancient civilization necessarily. Maybe they are, but it's a it's a robot, right? It's a, a huge droid, a huge machine that can destroy it. It seems to be sentient. Um, it's not just they're in there controlling it. It's, it wakes up, and then it kind of does its own thing, which is destroy, destroy things. So I liked how it did transition from, hey, it's it's like this... Um, ancient Egyptian, ancient Mayan type uh, cave, you know, situation. And as it moves along, it gets more and more, it gets different. It ends up being something that you wouldn't initially thought it to be. Um, Did you have any thoughts about how, as far as like, they get in there and there's like this tech there. It's not necessarily just an ancient thing. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it is ancient, right? Because none of them recognize it. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's also very high tech, uh, just a a tech they don't understand at first. Right. Um, and of course they haven't really mentioned other than just a few, I think Fee mentions briefly who the civilization is, but it doesn't mean anything to us as viewers. Yeah. She said it was pre-Jedi, right? Yes. Yes. It was very old. Um, but just because it's pre-Jedi doesn't mean that it was low tech, right? Yeah. Um, and, or at least this civilization appear to be quite high tech, even though they use stone for some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously have some sort of alloys later because the, uh, the robot or Mecha Godzilla, whatever you want to call <laughs> them, yeah. um, is, uh, appears to be made out of metal. Of some yeah. sort of alloy. So do you think the, like the entrance into this, uh, mecca thing was part of the the people who made that machine or is that like the machine stopped working or it shut down and then the civilization on the planet kind of built that stuff around it 
Do you think no. it's, are they the same like creators or is it two different eras? Um, actually, that's something I didn't think of. That's a really good point that uh, this temple could have been erected around it. Yeah. Um, by a later civilization who, you know, like idol worshipped this big thing, mm-hmm. even though it was asleep, um, because they recognized it as the power of a greater civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a, a good possibility I didn't think about. Yeah. And another thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, another thing is that they have this star compass that led them there. And do we know anything about the ship or the area that they found the star compass in in the first place? It was just a junkyard. Yeah. A scrapyard. Yeah, so what, what is the purpose of the compass? Um, maybe I'm thinking too deep. <laughs> but. Well, I, I kind of picked it up as, as a relic that someone picked up at some point, and it's passed through hands for years and years and years. Nobody knew what it was, and then it just ended up in this scrapyard. It's just another piece of metal that's going to end up getting melted down at some point. Mm-hmm. And um, until Omega sees it and says, oh, this looks cool. Yeah. It was just it was just scrap tech laying in a junkyard. Yeah. Okay. So there's and then it, at some point there's a showdown with uh, this monster that's tra- you know tracking them and stalking them. And the group gets separated. Um that that seemed more like a native creature to the planet, right? Yes. So it was separate from this i don't even know did they ever name it i don't i don't think so no no it was just this mysterious creature yeah and the the idea was there's a legend of uh hidden knowledge within the heart of the mountain right or a big treasure within the the heart of the mountain so they make it inside and there's this uh object and they think that's the treasure and they grab it but then that's what activates the machine so I, I wonder if what Fee's story was that she was telling about the heart of the mountain, is that this object? Is that, that this situation? Or is it just like kind of this general treasure hunter story that they always, you know, all the, the pirates, star pirates, and all those guys tell each other? Uh, I kind of get the feeling that a lot of Fee stories are either made up or <laughs> extremely exaggerated. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Wrecker or Tech. One of them makes a comment that uh, all of her stories end that way, or all of her stories are about that. Yeah. Um, so don't believe anything she says. That's a good point. Um, she knew something was there, and there was something, right? There was this object in the heart of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, how? I, I don't know. You would think if anybody had ever been there to see it and see this heart, they just would have taken it. Yeah. Um, Maybe so it's how a... did this legend get, get passed down? Yeah. It's a matter of there's legend and they made it fit their situation. Be like, oh yeah, see, it's true, but it wasn't necessarily right. talking about this planet, you know, this cave, that type of thing. Or it could have even been um, a legend passed down, like you were mentioning. There's this second civilization that built this thing around it. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the the machine was the heart of the mountain, yeah. not necessarily this thing in the machine that, that she's like, Oh look, it's the heart of the mountain. It must be that yeah. because she didn't really know what it was. She just knew there was some treasure there. Yeah. 
and uh, conflicted or, or, you know, these, these two stories kind of mesh together and become one. And then she just, it fits her story and her idea of what the heart of the mountain is supposed to be, but it's actually referencing this entire machine or, or weapon. Yeah. So they activate the weapon, um, by accident and <laughs> it's down. It's basically a, like you said, a Mecca <laughs> kind of what are they? Kaiju type thing. And it stands up, all the dirt falls off it, and it's got these laser beams in its eyes or its head that just starts shooting and destroying, ends up destroying Fee's droid, right? Um, her astromech or whatever that droid was. And then it's just starts rampaging and it's going to fire on the ship, but they're able to stop it before it destroys uh, their, their ship, right? Um, and then they are able to disable it and deactivate it and it falls down and crashes and that's it. A pretty powerful weapon for what it was, right? For the scale that it was. Um, I, I don't understand because the, the episode starts off with them scavenging, looking for valuable stuff. So that's what they do sometimes. And they got this really high tech machine that they're able to, you know, deactivate and then they just leave it there instead of scavenging that for parts or, you know, finding a way to make money off, off the pieces from that machine. Cause it sounds like it's pretty rare. Uh, so they could probably make some good money off it. Yeah. I think this is, um, I think this is pointing at some of the, uh, script by committee. <laughs> yeah. Um, where it's a good idea that somebody's pushing, and so for whatever reasons they have to go with it without a good, like a, a good finishing to it. It's where just like you said, why don't they scavenge something? I mean, even out of the head, there's got to be some good stuff. Yeah. Um, this ancient tech that they can sell to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was reading a, a couple of things um, online, different places about it being like a super weapon and you don't really yeah. want this super weapon getting into anybody's hands. Um, you know, I imagine some, some gangster, uh, or, you know, cartel, the black sun or, or crimson dawn gets their hands on this or even the empire, right? This is yeah. the kind of stuff that Palpatine would love to have his hands on. Yeah. Um, so, but at the same time, I mean, unless this planet's very uninhabited, somebody's going to eventually notice it laying there. Yeah. Like, oh, what's that? Let's fix it. Um, do you think there's more of those things on there on that planet, or is it just the one? It seemed pretty powerful. It's almost like a, a one and done kind of thing. But uh, um, that's where my my big problem with the episode comes in is who builds this giant robot <laughs> and then gives it such an easy self destruct? Yeah, and just leaves it there, right? And, right, and just leaves it. Um, or, um, I mean, a civilization could fall, right? I mean, maybe there were more. Maybe these things destroyed the civilization, and this is the last of them. Yeah, true. Um, but I was just like, who builds something this big? And it's like, well, if you just start it and then turn it off, it's going to explode. You know, it's going to fall apart and quit. I was like, oh, that's such weak sauce. I don't yeah. – um, come on, guys. The, you know, there should have been something better uh, – a bundle of grenades or a thermal detonator and something, you know, yeah. um, bad batch it. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't self-destruct it by whatever P 
people built it. Yeah, because they it, it just falls over. They're like, oh, cool, we escaped, and then they just leave, right? And that's the end. So right. I get there's some time constraints, like we talked about earlier, where you got to end the episode. Um, but um, so I don't know. I think I I liked it. I don't want to be a negative person about it, negative review, because I did like it. it. You know, it is what it is. Um, I don't know how much adds to the overall uh, narrative of the story. I think we get to see the team work together, which is fun. Um, Omega seems to be taking more of a uh, commanding or decisive role maker or decisive decision maker in role in this uh, new season. I think maybe that's what it is. Because bef- last season they were always like, trying to rein her in, hold her back, you know, no, we're not going to do that. And this, so far in this episode, she's kind of making some decisions for the team. So I think maybe that's what one of the purposes of this episode is show her, her abilities, maybe. I think so. Um, when I was reading all the stuff about it being a fi- another filler episode, I was like, no, I, I don't think so. This was really about Omega like you said, making some real decisions and playing a real key role in in helping the team finish this mission. Yeah, problem solving. Um, right, just using her smarts and her wits and or, or her wits, not wit, her wits. You know, just <laughs> like looking at something and thinking about it and being like, "Wait a minute, what if we do this?" Um, and kind of growing up a little bit, some character progression for for Omega. Yeah. Um, so I, I did enjoy that because she's gone from being just this little girl that's kind of nuts and, you know, like you said, reining her in because you never know what she's going to do to making good tactical decisions and, and really helping the whole team. Um, so I kind of think it, it's more that so we're going to see her making these decisions that make her important and show you that she has abilities. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a, a key, one of the key parts of the episode that I got out of it. I mean, it was it was fun. It was a fun little journey they had. It's a cool um, goal that they they met. Uh, but yeah, not a lot of meat. But again, like the last episode, faster. Um, you know, we see them gel. We see the team working together and figuring things out, trusting each other. So I think that that progresses the overall story. That progresses character development um, more than anything else. So would you want to see another Treasure Hunter episode like five, six episodes down the road? Or do you think we've had our feel up to this point? Um, I mean, I guess down the road, I wouldn't mind it again. I mean, because... I do think they're just kind of out here on the fringes where there's anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of fun. I mean, I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. So, um, I dreamt of finding a cave or a lost temple complex as a kid and exploring it and, and, uh, finding some kind of treasure. So anytime it's happening, I'm kind of excited. Um, but I do think they need to be careful and if they're going to do it again, it really needs to to have some real story progression to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. 
I think if like this, if we see this machine later on, like the empire does find it and they are able to do something with it, then, you know, how important will this episode be? Cause then there's a continuation and there's a purpose for this machine. Um, uh, if something like that happens, it'd be great. Um, it kind of reminds me of the Zillow beast episodes from the clone wars where they had this, you know, Godzilla type monster that they had to kill, but its scales were impervious to blaster bolts and lightsabers. And so Palpatine wanted it to be able to, you know, use that, um, figure out why his, this monster's scales were so impenetrable. So then they could use it as a, a resource to create armor or more weapons or whatever the case may be. So it was a really interesting episode well, there's two of them and it was really fun to watch, but then they never did anything with it. You know, they just kind of, we never saw the Zillow beast or heard anything about, you know, how they were able to use that, um, that, uh, monsters scales to do anything with. So I'm kind of getting that same vibe from this one, you know, cool monster, pretty destructive force, but then nothing happens with it. But I would like to see something happen with it. It would be really cool to see it again, um, because then it's then everyone that's complaining that it's a filler episode. <laughs> well, yeah, they're they're shot down, right? Yep. Um, and that would be great. Um, plus, uh, we we did there was a missed chance there with the Zillow Beasts mm-hmm. for uh, a continuing story, at least one more episode. Yeah, uh, don't just leave this big thing and then walk away from it. Um, but I, I think it's, it's part of the problem with the, the scripts by committee. There's too many people to have too many ideas. And, um, instead of having a really tight, coherent team that's writing the whole season so they can have a point A and a point Z and get, you know, from, from the beginning to the ends. I mean, you can, you can take side trips, that's fine, but not if every week's a side trip, then you don't, you don't get anywhere and there's no continuity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they got to find that balance where, hey, look at this fun episode, as opposed to, hey, here's the Empire, and I think we get that in this next episode. So let's move into that. Um, okay. With episode six, Tribe, where it, some time has passed. We don't know how much or what happened with you know fee or anything. It's different. Starts off with. The Bad Batch, the crew headed toward this ship. They're on a uh, errand for Sid, who's tasked them with selling uh, fake IDs, is what I got out of it, uh, to this these droids who are smugglers in exchange for some cash, right, for some credits. Is that kind of what you got out of it this, these first couple minutes? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll admit at first I was kind of confused. I was like, who are they trading with? It's just all droids here. Yeah. Where are all the people? And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) The droids are the people. These are the smugglers. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that was an interesting take on it. A twist, right? Right. Um, It's, I mean, and maybe they've been mentioned before in comic books or novels, but I wasn't familiar with this this particular group of obviously criminals slash pirates or raiders or whatever they are. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. If they, yeah, if they have been mentioned previously, I missed it. I'm missing the connection. I don't think it matters. It was just another corner of the universe, right? Another corner of the galaxy. 
Uh, so they show up, they're making the trade. There's some distrust there. They want to check the IDs to make sure they're legit. And the Bad Batch is like, hey, we made them ourselves. They're good. So they're waiting for things to check out. And Omega and um, Echo are there waiting at the ship for the deal to go down and get completed. And Omega's like, oh, I feel I something's off about this place. I don't like it. Um, the way she was saying it and kind of looking around, that's something I would expect a force sensitive person to react or to say. Um, but I don't think she's force sensitive. I mean, we, we've come up before, I think last season where, you know, the question is, is she force sensitive? Cause there were some similar vibes going on there. Like, I think it's the first or second episode when the Bad Batch is trying to escape the Imperial base on Camino and um, what's his name? The I keep want to say Deadshot, but it's not Deadshot. That's DC uh, Crosshair. Crosshair. He he goes to shoot him, but she shoots a gun for one of the, like the first time and is able to disarm him. You know, something that a Force user would do. So I don't know. Um, what do you think, Carrie? Is is uh, Omega Force sensitive, or are they? What are they doing uh, there? I kind of think she is. I kind of got that vibe the first season because there was a. I want to say there was a couple more instances where she's like, "Let's go this way instead of that way," right? Or "Hey, wait up! There's a trap up ahead!" Or just things where like she was getting a really strong vibe about something bad, mm-hmm. um, and I was like. I kept thinking, it's like, is this girl Force-sensitive? Which always goes into the argument, can clones be Force-sensitive because they're clones and they're not naturally born? Mm-hmm. Um, That's a big question in the Star Wars universe that they've tried to address with the Force Unleashed games and now with the Mandalorian, right? With Grogu right. and trying to clone him. Right. So. Uh, I feel like she is. Um, I mean, in this episode, it was that or just the place was kind of creepy, right? Yeah. It could have been just that. anything but droids. Um, And it's kind of unusual, right, in the Star Wars universe. Um, Now that the Separatists are gone, where they, you know, they had whole ships full of droids. Right. But other than then, you know, droids are usually subservient to humans. Mm -hmm. And they're, 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 they work for humans or they serve humans. They're not doing their own thing generally. And so this is kind of, you know, a first where there's more than a few and there don't appear to be any other sentient beings on the ship. Yeah. So I, I, I'm kind of mixed. I mean, it could go either way. Um, it, there was a little bit of creepiness to it, but, um, also, you know, there was more to it where she was getting, um, a force vibe like, Hey, there's another force user here in trouble. Yeah. That's a good point. Because we are introduced to a Jedi that, or I guess it was a Padawan that we met in the Clone Wars animated series. So that would have been maybe five years before this, four years before this episode, the Clone Wars, that we see this this Jedi Padawan. Do you think, uh, is it, uh, how do you say his name? I believe it's Gunji. Gunji, yeah. Uh, is Gunji a Jedi Knight now or still a Padawan? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think he was displaying some Jedi Knight skills. Yeah, there was a, a couple of times because um, it was more than just lightsaber skills that he was exhibiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Ahsoka, 
by the end of the Clone Wars, was still not a knight. True. And she was quite, quite, quite skilled. skilled. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's just got experience now. Because wasn't he in that group? Because it was him and some other Padawans that had uh, they got hijacked by pirates. Um. So it wasn't he one of the more timid ones, or he was. Yeah. Um, I want to say where there's a couple episodes, right? One of them, they mm-hmm. were looking for Kyber crystals. Right. And then there was one where they were kidnapped. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, he was kind of, kind of timid, mm-hmm. not really a Wookiee. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it sounds like he's had some growth in the past couple of years, which is good. He's more, more confident in this episode. So Omega is like, Oh, something's wrong. And maybe I like your point where, she recognizes another force user is in trouble, and she needs to go check it out. Um, I don't know. She I, has no experience in with yeah. this, right? So, you know, she would get the feeling, but really wouldn't know what it is. Something's wrong. You know, it's just that mm-hmm. that vague feeling versus like, "Ooh, I know what's going on here. I recognize this this force sensation. I know something's mm-hmm. uh, something's not right." Because she doesn't know how to use any force skills yet. She can't use. Jedi abilities. Right. She hasn't had any training. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of mixed. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say she is, but she has some qualities that you have, we have seen in Jedi before, previous uh, series and episodes and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's not def- definitive, so I don't know. Maybe she just had that creepy feeling, like you said, so... I think the jury's still out, but it could be, could go that direction. I mean, in the last episode with uh, Entombed, you know, she was able to figure things out pretty quickly. Um, So I don't know, was she using the, if if she is force sensitive, was she using the force last episode to navigate those traps and um, puzzles? Right. And I mean, and that that would make sense, right? Yeah. Um, Because she really has. Um, progressed a lot in her abilities as like a, a leader and a warrior um, mm-hmm. to go from just this this experiment really on Camino to to uh, being able to wield her little bowcaster thing really well and in yeah. this episode figure stuff out and avoid traps and and kind of lead them to success. Yeah. Um, so I kind of lean towards towards some force abilities um, and. I mean, I could see them just teasing this along this entire season because it's going to bring us all back for more. Is she? Is she not? Yeah. There's going to be tons of chatter about it because everyone's going to discuss it. Yeah. Was that a force ability or was that her getting lucky? Or, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think she's – I my initial thoughts and ideas, she's not. She's just a clone, regular clone, well, enhanced clone, right, like the Bad Batch. Um, but we don't know what her – Enhancements are right. I don't, was that ever revealed? I don't remember. I uh, know, no, she was just a special experiment of that. That's uh, that one Kaminoan, yeah. So and maybe never her, really explained. Maybe her enhancement is force user, <laughs> right? Right, and I mean, that would tie it into the Mandalorian and mm-hmm. the experiments with the Grogu yep. that the Empire got that data from when they sacked Kamino and. But of course, Order sixty six has happened, and they stupidly killed everybody they could use to extract DNA from. Yeah. Um, and so now they're on the hunt 
for for more to recreate that experiment. Yeah, I mean that would. I think that's that's a good through line if it ends up being true. I mean, because we know that she was a special project, right? Different from the other Bad Batchers, Clone Force ninety nine, but still was kind of in that mold of enhancements and things like that, more genetically modified than most. Um, and they specifically took one of the Kaminoans, I think it was, was it Tanwi or Lama, I can't remember, Lama Su, to, at the end of season one, they took her to her Imperial base where they had people wearing the uniforms that we saw in, you know, with the cloners, the Kaminoans. Right. As well as Dr. Pershing from The Mandalorian. So is it, and they want to get Omega, right? They specifically need to get her back so they can study her. So do they, is that, they they never get Omega, so then they go after, start going after Grogu at some point, or other Jedi at some point? Maybe that's the connection there for The Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, and it would be, it'd be really cool, right? Because this this starts tying in multiple series in these little hidden ways that casual people might not notice, but if you're watching it and then thinking about it, it's like, wow, there was some real thought and planning going into this long term. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, so it would be really cool. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it can go either way. She's a really enhanced clone and she's just really good at what she does. Um, or maybe she's got some force powers. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's going to keep me watching. Yeah. All right, so back to the ship, the base there. Um, Omega goes exploring, finds the these robots, these droids. Uh, they've had they have Gunji and they're you know beating him and he's getting he's handcuffed so he can't defend himself and they're basically going to sell him to someone who paid who's going to pay a lot of good money for him. You know, so Omega decides to step in. And Echo shows up and helps her. And then the next thing you know, while the the other group, Hunter, Tech, and Wrecker, are negotiating prices or you know getting their their money for those fake IDs, all the droids are like, oh, there's an emergency. We got to go check it out. So they leave, and Hunter's like, what's going on? And I think it's Tech. He's like, yeah, I think uh, Omega and, and Echo are in trouble. So then they basically the deal's off, right? So they. They go and help their their crew. It turns up to be, um, you know, quite the the shootout between the droids and the Bad Batch, and they're able to rescue Gunji and get on their ship and take off. Um, it's a pretty cool action sequence there. You know, we got some some uh, scenes of Omega and uh, Gunji hiding from the droids, and they eventually get caught. But that's when the other group shows up to save them. Um, we see Genji with his lightsaber. He's able to defend himself pretty well. He he's looking for his lightsaber, and he eventually finds it and helps the helps the group escape. Um, I like the idea they're on the ship, or no, before they get on the ship, he's like he sees the clones, and he's like, "Uh oh, I don't want to get mixed up with these guys," because uh, you know every Jedi I know has been killed because of the clone troopers. So I like how they did address that, and he was very hesitant to do so. What do you think about that part of that piece? See, it, it was all all uh, really cool. I like the action, and it's. Um, I mean, I'm guessing a lot of people recognize Gunji right away as soon as they saw him. Yeah. I didn't at first, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, they're, they're, you know, they're slavers. They're, they're trading this Wookiee. Someone's going to put him in a fighting pit or he's, you know, going to be a pet someplace. Right. It, it, it didn't click at first. And then when he found his lightsaber, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> it's that guy. It's that guy. Um, and I couldn't remember his name. So, of course, I had to look it up. And uh, I was like, OK, so we've got a, you know, a continuing story arc here coming straight out of Clone Wars. I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, he's sneaking around and, and he's got some skills, right? He's uh, he's no slouch. He's taking out robots left and right until there's just too many of them. Um, but he is not a fan of the the clones and um, he just knows Omega helped him. And she's like, you know, they're not bad. Come on. We're trying to save you. Yeah, she's vouching he, for him. He climbs on the ship. Um, obviously, he's even inside, he's still not comfortable. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to stay as far away from you guys as I can. Cause, and I'm going to stay awake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only knew it was Genji because in the trailer, we saw him with his lightsaber. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would have thought the same thing. Like, oh, it's just a Wookiee. They got to... They got to free him, you know, but, uh, they kind of spoiled that in advance. Um, yeah, that they, they should have, uh, and, and I didn't remember seeing that or else I would have remembered as well. Mm-hmm. Should, I mean, if they were going to show him fine, but don't show him with his lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're like, wait a minute, is that Gunji? Still pretty <laughs> young. Maybe. Yeah. So they're able to head back to Kashyyyk and, they find, you know, they mention that the Imperials might have a presence there. Um, so they head back, and indeed, the, the Imperials are working with the Trandoshans, the slavers, to capture the Wookiees and, you know, enslave them. And the Empire's destroying villages there. So they're they're kind of making work. They're using their tech to ravage the planet and, you know, take the resources that they need. Which I think is uh, a good connection there in the sense that, you know, way back when in the original trilogy days, uh, this, you know, it came out that the Wookiees were enslaved and they, by the Empire, and they helped build the Death Star. So, you know, we have, we've had that idea for, you know, 40 plus years, 30 years, and um, they, they're, you know, showing us that. Because we didn't get, I don't think we saw it. Yeah, we didn't see it in uh, Revenge of the Sith. We just saw the Empire, the the Republic. We saw the Battle of Kashyyyk is all, right? And right. so now we're seeing the Imperial. And I think uh, we'll see a lot of that in this season is the might of the Empire and what they do to planets and why they're so bad. We've seen a little bit so far in this season. I think we'll continue to see more as, as we go along. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, jumping into live action, that was a like a big motivator in Andor, right? Is they did something terrible on the planet Cassian's originally from, mm-hmm. and then walked away and didn't care about who was left. Yeah, the yeah. Empire's terrible. Takes what they need and then walks away when they're done. Yeah, and we haven't seen it uh, so much in the Bad Batch yet. I mean, other than the flashbacks to Order sixty six and. Um, but we did. Uh, we didn't see it in first season, but in second season, we've started to right mm-hmm. when they go to this separatist planet, and it's like, well, you're going to join, or you're going to join. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I think reminders. Yeah, I think we need to be reminded of that. I think it's been too long where the Empire's cool. You know, Darth Vader's awesome. And look at these cool stormtrooper armor. You know, we get caught up in all these, and they are cool stuff. I mean, Darth Vader is pretty awesome. As well, a, right. As a as a fighter, right? But they're bad. <laughs> they're the bad guys, right? Right. And I think we're going to re- be reminded of that um, this season. Like, this is why we need the Rebels to win. Enough of that propaganda stuff where, oh, Luke Skywalker killed thousands and millions of stormtroopers and on the Death Star, he's such a terrorist. You know, I think we need to get away from that stupid idea um, that keeps popping up here and there. You know, the Empire is bad. And when Luke destroyed the Death Star, that was a huge deal that, uh, you know, gave hope to the galaxy. We need to get back to that. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe there was two million people on the Death Star when he blew it up, but how many people lived on Alderaan? Yeah. How many people lived on Jakku? Um, like, the, how many people? Well, the Empire killed their own stormtroopers on Scarif yeah. because they were afraid of plans getting stolen. Uh, um, yeah. They are the bad guys. Um, they killed the billions um, with the Death Star, so it kind of needed to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll see a lot of that this season. At least I'm hoping. Um, yeah, so they they head back. Gunji's, they there's an initial meetup with these weird spider-looking things that live in the trees. Uh, but they're able to navigate through them because they, as long as they don't show aggression towards them, they, they'll leave you alone no matter who you are. That's what it sounds like. So they get through them. And then they meet up with some Trandoshans with Imperial tanks. And they're able to take them out. It's just a small force. So the Bad Batch is okay with dealing with them. And then they meet up with the Wookiees that live nearby. And they don't really say, you know, where Gunji's from or who or who his tribe is or anything. Just that he's reunited with these guys and that's enough for, for him, for at least for now. <clears throat> uh, we see we see these Wookiees and um, they welcome the the Bad Batch, and they decided to work together to help each other out, which I thought was pretty cool. And from there, they there's another, a bigger Imperial force coming with Trend Oceans, and so they have to fight again. And they are able to, we see something we haven't really seen before with the Wookiees communicating with the, the trees there. Uh, what are the, the Worsher trees? Is that what they are? Yes, I believe that's the correct word. Yeah. And we hadn't really seen that before, at least in you know visual media. What did you think about that, about communing with uh, nature? I thought that was pretty cool um, because we know kind of anecdotally that the um, the Wookiees are very, very um, into nature, right, and, and live one with nature. They're not destructive. They're very, I don't know, uh, furry hippies, I guess. <laughs> um, but they, they um, are good stewards of their planets. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they consider that the trees are sacred. So it makes sense. Um, and it's something new, um, kind of something you can add to the lore and the canon. That, And like visually, yes, it's absolutely the first time. I mean, maybe it was in a book. Maybe it was in a comic book. I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So the trees help them out. <laughs> and Hunter's a little skeptical. But yeah. uh, they come up with a plan. And... Ends up working. They're able to, you know, defend themselves and take out the the clones. There wasn't a lot of stun gun in this 
in this confrontation, right? No. The, the clones were killed. The Trandoshans were killed. And uh, there was a point where they were overmatched, but the, the spider monsters, the weird spider things, show up and help them out. <clears throat> That's the secret weapon that the trees promised to help them with. And so they were able to dispatch, you know, these these bad guys that were trying to enslave more Wookiees and set fire to the forest. Um, I did like the shot at the end where uh, the main Trandoshan guy is, you know, has uh, has um, has him cornered with the flamethrower, but then the spider things come down and grab him, wrap him up, and take him off. And we kind of see him in the background being lifted up. He's like, ah, he's screaming for help. <laughs> That was pretty funny. A little dark, but pretty funny. Yeah. Because he was a terrible person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, and uh, that last little fight scene with Gunji and that, that main Transdotion, um, I, I kind of shows you he's Gunji's really fearless, right? Yeah. Um, he's fairly skilled, and, and um, he does a lot of... Uh, a cool stuff jumping here and there and climbing up in the tree and then coming back never running away um and tricks the dude into circling himself in flames so he's kind of stuck yeah and it allows him to defeat him um so he's making good tactical decisions um he's come a long way from when we saw him in clone wars yeah um, he's been well trained and and he's gained some experience so it was kind of cool to see him like Hey, look at me! I'm uh, I'm not afraid of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're burning my my planet down. Um, I'm gonna stop you. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, another theme in the episode is you know protecting the the, the forests. So every time there's a fire, the the team grabs some shovels and <laughs> contained it and put it out. So it was funny because they'd start it and then they'd cut to like. It would be nighttime, and then they'd cut in his daytime. <laughs> it's like, right? These guys have been digging all night. We're not going to show you that part, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they dug for hours with these shovels and, and put out the fire. So good job, guys. So, um, yeah, and that's pretty much the episode. I I don't think there's going to be a part two of this. Didn't didn't seem like that, right? Um, probably not. Um, but at the same token, we kind of see him like sort of buddying up there at the end. Right? True. Yeah. Um, Wrecker enjoys whatever booze it yeah. is that the Wookiees brew. <laughs> yeah. They really like um, it. And the, the others aren't so sure about it, but, uh, by the end they're all kind of drinking together. So maybe they've made some good allies here and, yeah. uh, and That's we might see him again. That's a good point. I mean, it does remind me of one of the Clone Wars episodes where, Obi-Wan and Anakin hook up or meet up with Hondo and his pirates. And this, that episode, the first episode ends with them drinking with the pirates. And then the next episode, they're still there. They got captured by the pirates cause they, they passed out from the alcohol. I think, I think Hondo spiked it or something, but yeah, they wake up in prison with Dooku. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting a continuation of the story, but it, it did. So it kind of reminds me of that. So it could be. Maybe we see more of... Because I think we're going to see more of Gunji, right? Why bring him in if he's just a one-shot? Right. right. <clears throat> um, which, of course, leads us back to, are we going to see Cody again? Yep. Um, did he really go AWOL? Or did he get executed? Uh, yeah. Um, are, are 
you know, we're, are we going to see these people popping up from from Clone Wars, and eventually there's going to be a big, like an ending arc of two or three episodes, where they they rally all of their um, all the allies they've built up over the season um, to do something, you know, like yeah. a, a much bigger job than they usually do. Yeah, that'd be cool. I was wondering throughout this episode, I was wondering, you know, is Gunji going to like hang out with him? Is he going to be there another team member? Because it would be cool to have a a Jedi team member with these with these guys, right? Oh, who doesn't want a Jedi team member? Yeah. And he doesn't with Genji. He's you know still younger and learning, so he wouldn't be all powerful. He'd make mistakes. He'd you know learn some things along the way, so it wouldn't be you know oh we have the Jedi, so we're automatically going to win or figure it right, out. Right, it's right. Still a lot of trial and error. So that, that, I think that would be a good addition to the team. Uh, yeah, that'd be really cool. I mean, it, because it did end with them just hanging out and, and drinking. You know, they haven't left yet, so. Yeah. It's possible that um, maybe he decides um, that it's too dangerous for for the other Wookies. That if he stays, the Empire's going to keep coming and looking for him. The Transdoshans are going to keep coming and looking for yeah. him. Yeah. And it's better if he leaves and then they can just say, look, we don't know where he went. He left. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be safer for him. That's um, a good point. You know, the longer he stays, the more they're going to keep looking for him because he's a valuable target. Right. And they know he's there now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess we're making the assumption that they told somebody else. Yeah. Well, like, he said he was going to call it in. So I those clones weren't working alone. Right. Um, so somebody knew that they were on a mission looking for a possible Jedi. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a continuing issue with the Wookiees in the area if he stays. Yep, I think so. That's a good point. Maybe he will leave with them, or at least go somewhere else, like try to find a, another Jedi to team up with, and they'll drop him off there. Right. Because then we can get at least one more episode where they're, you know, a, a travel episode where they're trying to take him to somebody. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sid's got to know, <laughs> or, or, or no rumors, right, about yeah. uh, other Jedi survivors. Yeah, I still don't trust Sid, so maybe they bring him back. And Sid's like, oh, this would be a good score. You guys lost that money, those credits from those fake IDs that I sent you to get. And you bring this guy back, so hey, (laughs) there's a fair trade. (laughs) Thank you. Your debts are paid. Have a nice day. Yeah. I'm calling the Empire. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trusting Sid after that uh, faster episode, right? Where the one guy's warning the, the bad batch about her. Like, right. Watch your back. Don't trust her. Um, right. I think With that'll that, come into play. Yeah, I, yeah, and I still don't trust Fee either. Yeah. Um, she's um, a, a frenemy is kind of <laughs> what I feel like she yeah. is with um, with Sid. Okay. More than, than a real friend. Um, like there's some history, but at the same time Sid's like, eh. um, so I don't, I trust her less than Sid. Um, yeah. Sid's had a, a while now to turn them in if she's going to, but I mean, it doesn't mean for a big old pile of credits that she won't. Yeah. Um, especially if this this gambling, you know, becomes a, a thing. Oh, she yeah. obviously likes to do it, right? Yeah, that's a good point. And she makes bets she can't cover. Yep. And uh, 
who knows, she could go to the Boonta Classic and <laughs> or the Boonta Eve Classic and, and drop some big money to the huts and be yeah. in real trouble. Yeah. That would be interesting. Bring in the huts and their storyline. Well, at this point, are the huts still around or was that a Rebels episode? Um, uh, must have no. Jabba's well, still I'm, around. Right, because Jabba would still be around all the way through um, Jedi. Yeah. So another, you know, what, 15 years? At least. More than 20 years. 20 years, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the huts When was the, the storyline about when the other huts were, they were meeting, and then all, must have been the Clone Wars, and all these, I mean, the clones show up and, or someone shows up and kills all the huts except for Jabba, right? That's how Jabba gets his power. Yeah. Is that a yeah. Clone Wars or was that a Rebels I'm, episode? I'm trying to remember. Um, geez, I'm going to have to look that up and watch yeah. it again. I think it was Clone Wars. Yeah. Because it was in Clone Wars with um, Zero, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it was probably Clone Wars. Okay. Okay, so she would have to do a deal with Jabba necessarily because the other ones are gone. They're not right. around. So He's almost worse than the rest, it seems like. Yeah. The others, um, I don't know, they saw it more as a business where you know, he's just, uh, I'm the most powerful of one and you're all going to fear me and I, I have a bunch of bounty hunters in my employ. And, yeah. And, um, but it would be a cool... I mean, I would watch that for sure. A little crossover like that with uh, Sid getting in deep with Jabba. Yeah. Um, just because it would tie it into everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And Sid's a Trandoshan. So if they show up oh. with a Wookiee Jedi. Oh. You know, what does that mean? Is she going to. I mean, there could be other Trandoshans that aren't slavers, but I mean, if that's her people maybe she there's a, a something there i keep forgetting that she's transdotion yeah that could be she's that could have been her brother that got picked up by <laughs> the uh the spiders yeah um i mean how she would well because they're gonna say hey you know we had a firefight a couple of them actually with some transdotions on kashik and she's like my brother went missing on kashik yeah like last cycle you guys yeah. were there last cycle? Yeah. Uh, uh, no. Uh, no, no. Uh, we weren't. Uh, we were someplace else. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some possibilities. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Hopefully they, they do something with it, right? Not just drop it like the the kaiju mech from Entombed. Right, right. Hopefully they, even if it's a couple of episodes later, you know, you know, follow this story. Yes, absolutely. That would be really cool. Um, and I do like it when, when they tie these animated series into the live action because um, it takes away the ammunition from the people that hate on the, <laughs> the animated series. Yeah. Like, no, dude, this is straight canon. Yeah, it's all connected. Like, these are all connected. These stories, um, they wind through, weave through everything. Um, and you got to watch them all. You got to watch them all. Or you're not a true fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on becoming a true fan, trying to read the comic books. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another level. Comic books are fun, but uh, there's just so many, right? Because every right. week, every week, every month, there's more. It's like, uh, 
how do I stay on top of it? Eventually, I got to the point where I had to take a break, and then I never got back to it. So. Um, I don't know what's happening lately in the in the comic world. I guess Star you just got to pick one or two series and just follow those through. Yeah, probably just pick up the main Marvel one and go with it. But um, that's what I did. So, but I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, um, actually, more than the other. Yeah. Um, I liked how it tied it in straight into the Clone Wars, and this is a, a continuing saga. These are not standalone stories, and there's some possibilities here for future stories or future allies or um, just there's there's a lot of possibilities. It was a fun story. It was exciting, and we got to see Omega again, mm-hmm. kind of you know making some decisions and, and growing a little bit and not afraid to follow her gut. When she's like, something's not right here. She didn't say, you know, hey, Echo, what should we do? Yeah. She's like, something's not right. I'm going to go see what it is. Yeah. She's pretty fearless. Yep. I agree with all that. Um, as far as a grade, what would you give it? I give it a, this episode, I give it a B plus. Yeah. Um, I'd probably, yeah. I'd probably give it an A minus. Um, there, there weren't a lot of negatives to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the story continues, um, I might even bump it up because yeah. then it means it's more important to the overall season. Right. I agree. Previous episode with Entombed, I'd probably give that a B, B minus, somewhere in that range. It was yeah. fun. A lot of good things, right. but uh, one off. One off and some missed opportunities. Yeah, as far as we know. So. Yeah, but I enjoyed watching it. I mean, some episodes, some arcs you're going to watch more than once. And Entombed, I probably won't watch again, but I liked it. Um, if uh, Tribe ends up, is it Tribe? Yeah, ends up um, continuing on, then yeah, I'd probably watch that again, watch this arc again. So, right. Good stuff. So we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the credible nerds podcast definitely like and subscribe to our youtube channel it helps us out doesn't cost you anything so that's a win-win for both of us and plus you'll be alerted when we post our next episode for the next bad batch review and uh, i want to thank carrie for joining me here on this review show of the bad batch season two and um looks like we'll we'll be doing this for a little bit right harry you did Absolutely. have some commitments that got changed, so you'll be able to stick on, uh, stay on with me for the rest of the season, probably. Absolutely, yep. Uh, nothing, nothing coming up until April, so um, I'll be able to uh, finish out this season. Yeah, nice. Okay. Well, so thanks for joining us again, and uh, may the force be with you. May the force be with you all.